The Teenage Birds Podcast would like to acknowledge and thank the Coast Nations of Musqueam, Silvertooth, and Squamish on whose traditional territory we record this podcast. Alright, uh, hello, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the first episode of the New Neighbors Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dewey, and today we have a guest whom I'm very excited to talk to. Uh, her name is Shihori, and uh, she will be introducing herself now. Hello, Shihori. Hi, Dewey. Thank you for having me. Hi, I am Shihori. Um, I'm originally from Japan. And uh, I've been in Canada for over about 30 years. I'm happy to talk today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, based on the conversations we had prior to this recording. Um, so you said you were from, you said you were born in Japan and that's where you yes. lived. And so how, I guess like how long did you live there? So uh, I lived there since uh, until I was 18. So I was born in Japan, grew up there, and um, I found an opportunity to come to Canada at the age of 18. So that's uh, how long I was there. Oh, nice. And um, what was like the, I guess, the background behind moving to Canada? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, I guess growing up, um, well, I was youngest of four. Um, my father was a doctor and he was very proud of the Japanese culture. And uh, my mother was very supportive, very, uh, I think at that era, she was very modern in a way of thinking. And uh, so I have, a, um, I guess I was lucky enough to be exposed to many things. and. Growing up, I was very attracted to Western culture and music. Um, and I was thinking about that, the reason why, why was I so attracted to that? And I think because I thought it was very colorful and uh, joyful. Uh, it, not that my life wasn't joyful, but I, I did go through a dark period of being a target of bullying, uh, growing up uh, in elementary school and then high school and so I felt that I, I think in, within myself I felt I was screaming to be out of shell and I want to be free to be who I am uh, and uh, so my I always tell my mom that I want to go you know to America or some other country and uh, by my she felt that I, I was still a teenager and I wasn't, I was still learning in Japan. Still my Japanese wasn't sufficient enough. I was still a child. So she didn't think it was right age to go to other country. And, and then my sister found an ad for, it's a, for Japanese students, but you get to live in Canada. So it's a, it's a, a college. Um, that I, you know, invite all the Japanese students and then, and then uh, you get to live in Canada and learn culture and English. And then my mom felt that that was uh, a fantastic way for me to, to, you know, start the new, new life. 
And so uh, I was lucky enough to be accepted. And then that's how I came here. Yeah, so is it like an exchange program or was it more like you move? You move, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's like four. Uh, I, so I got into four year program. And then so you, first year you live in a small town. So you are immersed into culture and learn English. And then second year you move to um, bigger city. So we, I came to uh, North Vancouver and I spent the, another three years there. And then, and so you, all the teachers are from main, mainly from Canada, I guess that's how you turn, um, how you phrase. And then, so you learn English and then you also learn culture and then you also major in something you're interested in. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great school. I loved it. I made many friends or Japanese friends, but we, we uh, connected. Uh, you know, I think uh, it really opened, opened myself up in many ways. Mm, that's great. Uh, I had a, uh, I guess, like a similar kind of story where did you uh, ever live with like a host family or was it more like dormitory, dormitory style kind of thing with other students? Uh, first couple of years was dormitory. That was mandatory. And then I did homestay. And okay. uh, I actually stayed with that same family for seven years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got along very well. So. <laughs> uh when i was living with like a host family i had to change yeah. like once i think because they had to move oh. away <laughs> yeah so i had to go somewhere else yeah um that was kind of very chaotic for a while oh no um yeah. but yeah it's good that you get to stay for seven years with the same family i think it's like uh very important i guess when you move to other countries where you have like a you have like a sense of like, like a small community with, around you, you know, I feel oh, like yeah. definitely. Um, my, I think my father was really happy, especially, um, that I found this wonderful family and the, the mother of the family, I think was, um, I think she was teaching me to be who I am. Um, and, uh, so you know, meanwhile, my father was like, you know, don't forget your Japanese and, you know, don't forget your heritage. But I also at the same time, uh, my homestay mother was kind of, you know, teaching me to be who I am in a way. And so that I think that was very important to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> right, just to get some perspective here, like how long ago was this? Oh, okay. So that was uh, close to 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would have been like, I guess the 90s, huh? Yes. Yeah. Early 90s. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. and, so uh, yeah. How did you feel about, I guess, like 90s, 90s culture in the West, I guess, <laughs> at the time? Well, I think I was, um, because I felt that I, when I was in Japan, I felt I was stuck in the cube. So when I came here, I felt like I was like a butterfly. So I'm like, oh, finally I'm free. I, I can, you know, not like free from my parents in a way, but more like I can be myself. And uh, so I was like absorbing everything about, you know, what's going on in, 
um, in town, and and you can imagine that the school was for Japanese people. So even though you're learning culture outside of school, you're you know surrounded by Japanese people at school at, at the dormitory, and so I felt that oh, I have to get out of this you know bubble somehow. Even though I made many friends, it's great that I'm with Japanese people. But the reason why I'm here is because I learn, you know, I want to learn English and I want to learn culture. And then, so I, I volunteered and I kind of, you know, um, put myself out there and then did some, joined some uh, uh, musical, local musical. I did some, you know, many volunteerings and stuff like that. And, uh, and I try to dress uh, like local people. <laughs> okay. I don't want to look at pictures now because it's dreadful. But, you know, like try to be, I sort of dissociate myself from, you know, Japanese, Japanese-ness, I guess. Try to erase mm. my accent, um, things like that. Okay. Mm. And uh, I guess like what was the, uh, how did your, yeah, it's, I guess at some point, I guess, did your parents ever kind of like caught wind of what you were kind of doing and did they have a reaction to that? Oh yeah, definitely. My father, um, to give you a picture of my father, he's, he was very, um, very strict. Um, don't really, I didn't really have many conversations with him, but I, now I look back, I know that he cared a lot and, uh, and then he, started to notice that I was becoming more westernized in many in a sense that um, he gave me an encyclopedia of Japan <laughs> and like a thick it's a bilingual encyclopedia so it's like in Japanese and in English and with pictures and it's a beautiful book and it's like 900 pages and uh, and anyway he gave gave it to me uh, saying that you know you never be ashamed you never forget over your where your you know where your heritage is and and back then being you know in 20 young I'm like oh you know whatever but now look back and I'm actually appreciative of the fact that he did that yeah so mm -hmm. okay so you can mention that been a I guess a long time since those days but now that you've been looking back and and compare I guess to your current self now like how how far away do you feel your Japanese I guess as you call it Japanese-ness like how far away from it do you feel I think I'm um definitely through this 30 years you know went from try to suppress my Japanese-ness and erase it from me, even though when people look at me, you can't erase the outside. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's why I was ashamed though. But now I embrace it uh, in a way that um, I'm actually, I don't regret the, the time that I try to suppress it and I try to improve my English so that now I have both. And uh, I and I cherish the fact that uh, you know, um, okay, isn't it actually wonderful that I have other culture to embrace? 
And uh, but I never thought of that way. Uh, but when you get older, you started to kind of get closer to your roots. I never thought that that would happen. But and then the fact that I have uh, I have a daughter now, and uh, and I thought that uh, you know since I do speak Japanese, I am I know culture. It would be great for her to uh, know that too. So we gave her a Japanese name and we, you know, tried to take her back to Japan uh, well, take her to Japan as much as we can. And she goes to Japanese school. And then, yeah, so we, it's interesting that I, you know, I never thought that I would do that, but, you know, once you have a um, grown family, um, the culture does become part of you, but I try to, in a way that it doesn't define you but it is part of you I think there is a difference in in that um it's okay for us to in the important for us to embrace it but it becomes different when other people define you with that so I think that's where I I had a, a conf, um, not conflict but a struggle with that concept for many, many years. Uh, I still do when people approach you and then, you know, notice that I'm Asian and then, you know, that they just approach you and they said, oh, are you from Japan? Or, you know, I, and I speak to you and uh, like, oh, I've been to Japan and that's great, but that's the only thing they see, right? So I think uh, um, like one experience I had was, uh, you know, when I, um, I was taking this course and this professor was like, oh, you're from Japan, love sushi. And then, <laughs> and then oh, you, you know, you're like baking, you're from Japan, like, are you crazy kind of, you know, sense. And, and that's when I'm like, oh, people don't see me, you know, it's really, it's hurt, um, hurting. Like, um, I'm more than that, you know what I mean? So I still do have that sense I do live with that, um, hoping that people will understand the people more than that. But uh, in terms of that, you know, like, you know, from in 30 years, yeah, I don't, I'm not ashamed of my heritage or any, any, in any way, actually, I embrace more, like I said. Yeah, it's my appearance already, you know, there's no escaping <laughs> from it. So I feel like mm -hmm. I need to. I need to feel good about being Asian, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, totally. Like, I don't know why we need to be ashamed of it. And it's, I think it's, a, you know, right now, there are a lot of movements in many, you know, many ways or many things. And I always feel that we should be, you know, walking with a head up. And I think that other people see me in this way that I should, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I should be more confident about whatever other people think, but we shouldn't be ashamed of how I, how we look because that's how we look, right? <laughs> and uh, boring with it. Yeah. So <laughs> now that you're sort of like older and wiser, when it comes to like culture, do you find yourself? Do you find that it's very it's more challenging for your children to like tap into that your culture right now my daughter is still only seven so oh. she's um she's in that 
states that she's interested in learning and many things. So um, she's not at the stage that she has to define who she is or you know identity and things like that yet. So she just know that uh, you know she's part Japanese and um, half other. <laughs> Um, I guess you call, I don't know, your uh, British or European or whatever. Um, so, but she, she doesn't, she's not there yet to define herself. So she still uh, embrace it or enjoy it. She likes to learn and she likes to, uh, yeah, she likes to go to Japan and meet other half of the, 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 her family. So Mm -hmm. I haven't we haven't got to that point yet but it could come <laughs> remains to be seen yeah because I um I asked that because like I for uh for a lot of Vietnamese like younger Vietnamese kids mm -hmm. who are here I observed so far I say observe because I there could be more that I don't know. But mm -hmm. I've observed what I've observed so far is that a lot of uh, younger Vietnamese kids who are born here, mm -hmm. they have uh, somewhat of a, of a challenge. I guess like I guess like it's a little more challenging for them to tap into the culture more full more fully. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm still trying to figure out why that happens, but yeah um just to circle back I guess to your your time in Japan do you do you remember uh what western thing were like the sort of like the like the spark for you like do you remember seeing like a certain movie or tv show or like a certain like food food that makes you like oh I want to find out more about the west uh well I know we <laughs> My family and I grew, uh, watched the, uh, you know, the Little House on the Prairie. That was like on like every Saturday, and then we watched it. And then there was a lot of shows I liked, like uh, Bewitched. I don't know if you know the show called Bewitched, and the Family Ties, and uh, different strokes, and 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 then something about those. I think I love comedy because it brought joy especially when I felt like I was in the queue but you know always brought joy and color to my life um and I remember my mom made in, making a comment that bewitched it's a you know fictional story obviously you know a wife being a witch but she felt that it's you know being American uh look very realistic because it's so such a different culture She's like, it feels like it's so real in, in America that, you know, there can be a witch. But anyway, it's kind of like that it's, it's such a different culture um, that we don't have, even though a lot of Western culture did come into Japan and try to people, they start to embrace more of that than uh, their heritage or uh, Japanese culture. Uh, I think I just, it looked kind of like look dream right like it's at some somewhere you want to go one day so uh look so fun and colorful i think that's colorful is the word to me that you know it it just um um i guess because i watched a lot of comedy that looked so much fun that i, I just brought joy i think that was yeah even movies too uh what was the movie i like like 
uh, Back to the Future or you know Goonies. It's just like adventures and things like that. Not that Japan doesn't have that, but I guess everything looked fun to me. Okay. <laughs> and I wanted to be part of that, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Did you have that as growing up? I remember reading a comic strip about like cowboys, I oh, guess. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know? <laughs> like you got the because it's like there's a uh there's like a hero and he 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 goes around, he catches criminals, and it's like in the wild west, and it's like, oh, that's a cool thing. I like I like to see that for myself. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, but that was like one of my earliest uh memories about i guess encountering western culture i guess right <laughs> um but yeah did you uh still maintain like uh good relationships with i guess like uh with other japanese people from either from japan or from here or do you... yeah um mainly here now uh my since my daughter goes to japanese school every week um, I became friends with other Japanese moms from her class and uh, we try to, while we were waiting for the class and we often went to have coffee or tea uh, and then uh, during the pandemic, uh, you know, obviously we couldn't do that. So we decided to do a monthly Zoom chat. So, uh, so there are six of us that are that I'll, I'll regularly meet on Zoom and then try to maintain, the, you know, contacts and uh, share stories. So um, I never thought I would do that, but I actually found, you know, I'd be able to share, like they're my, about my age as well. So it's kind of nice to be able to, you know, um, to share similar concerns and, you know, difficulties or, you know, what's going on right now in Japan kind of thing. So it's nice to nice to connect that way. Um, I, I don't have many connections with people in Japan except for my family. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I you know, try to, um, we try to do like family Zoom meeting once in a while as well. During these meetings, do you speak? with the other families in Japanese as well? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. So uh, like I said, I, you know, there was a period of time that I tried to suppress um, my Japanese and then, and then I started, and then the fact that I live here, sometimes that some, I, you forget some word in Japanese and then, you know, just Japanese English will come. So when you're talking to a Japanese moms living in Canada, it's okay if you use uh, English word, but they understand. But it doesn't work that way with people in Japan. So, so I struggle sometimes, like I'll be talking to my family and they might, they understand, you know, some English, but not all, right? So when I'm trying to, tell them something and like oh what's that word what's that word I can't I can't remember uh you know I I do go through that and also um there's one time that I have to go back to Japan 
uh, after uh, living here for 10 years. And then I got a job there. And people noticed that I, I you know, there's some way of talking. Like I, I was speaking, I think, a wrong grammar in Japanese, I guess. Like, oh, you shouldn't be talking like that to, you know, uh, other people you know, that's disrespectful and then I'm like oh I didn't know that <laughs> so I guess uh, you know 18 years of life in Japan you know there are a lot to learn still right and then my my Japanese ended there so and I carried over to Canada like, where I don't really speak Japanese so I have to kind of you know teach myself more <laughs> okay yeah um the same thing uh, happened uh, to me when I speak to my parents as well. Um, yeah, I'll say like like a, like ninety nine percent of the sense in Vietnamese, and then there's just that one word sometimes. Um, and yeah, I have the same a similar experience where not that I was like saying something rude, but it's more like I guess like the way uh you phrase things kind of changes mm -hmm. right i think like when you leave i guess like you leave your home so early and you you said uh when you said something oh yeah my japanese kind of stopped after you know, 18 kind of that was like kind of like for me as well your first language sort of like never improved <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right so it's kind of mm. funny that you know people here see me as japanese but when i go back to japan my family see me as a more westernized you know person so you know you got kind of stuck in in the middle but i, I forgot to say that uh, um i had a great opportunity to work for a japanese organization for five years um and uh, and i have to I have to quit the job because I have my daughter, but that's why I really started to embrace the culture as well. Like, you know, to be proud that I am, you know, Japanese and then, and then meet all these um, uh, elders, um, no, I shouldn't say elders, uh, seniors uh, who've been living in Japan for, uh, I mean, Canada for many, many years, but they still um, need some support in the language and also, you know, want to embrace culture. So I got to work um, along with them and, and for them. And that's when I really started to reconnect with my heritage. And uh, and I started to be more comfort comfortable with who I am. And also, I also I went through um, a program called life coaching before that. And then that's when I started to also um, reconnect with myself as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. What advice you want to give, say to like either like a younger version of yourself or I guess any any struggling young Asian people out there who might be struggling with their identity? Well, um, it's so, it, I guess um, when you don't really know what's gonna happen in the future, it's, it, you feel like you're stuck, right? It's, it's but uh, I think the important thing is 
knowing that uh, you you have you have your own power within yourself like as we try to teach our daughter you know like like she 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 has lack of confidence at age of seven <laughs> and then you know we try to teach teach her that uh, you have all this power within you 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 know you stand up for yourself and um nobody it's it's you that who had to i guess move the path forward other people can help you but it's you that are who you know believe in yourself and then move forward so i think for anybody or even you know asian or anybody be proud of you really be proud of who you are um it's easy to be ashamed of yourself looking at others and not believing in yourself i did that um i still do sometimes but because it's a process right you it's not everything is not like you know cloud nine and oh everything is good now you do go through that uh, phase and I, I think it is it's okay and just accept whatever happens um accept as a part of learning part of life and move forward and then one day you know you when you look back and then think that oh, wow i you know i never realized that i have come this far right and um it's easy to compare yourself to others but a comparison doesn't move you forward. So I think to me is, you know, just believe that you have everything you can give and uh, live with that. It doesn't, if, you know, other people's comments are just comments, it, it hurts. <laughs> uh, you can dwell on, on it, you know, like you can put yourself around. You, uh, you, can, you can go, you know deeper with that comments but I, at the end it's just the comments and so i guess you just have to move, move forward and be proud um of, of whatever you believe in of who you are and um i hope that uh, people do live like that and also other people see others that way you know what i mean like no judge uh but respect i think respecting yourself and respecting others is the most important thing that you you can do in life yeah i guess people could tell if you sort of like feel like you're sort of ashamed of yourself you know it radiates outward kind of and people mm -hmm. kind of see that and then they i guess not that they they do anything bad to you it's more like people see that and then it's it's like a it's like an opportunity for people to like make you feel mm -hmm. more ashamed about for yourself mm -hmm. I, yeah people people can see it um and uh i think you know in this society when you respect others you don't have to agree with everything because you, you know you have your own belief and you know core value but you know, if you respect that person for what they believe in or who they are, you know, that um, that's, this society will be a great place. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Uh, we don't, because I don't, I feel that we don't have to try to prove anything to others. We can just live. But right now, unfortunately, because of many things happening, we have to prove to others that, you know, we are, we are good. Uh, or, you know, but I, to me, I hope that one day um, we just, we just live as we are and we don't have to try to prove others that we are, you know, as we, we are uh, as valuable as other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sort of coming towards the tail end here. So uh, here's a, a question for you that is sort of like a, sort of like a, I guess like a regular question that we, we like to be asking our guests. Um, okay. What is like a proverb, I guess, that you like in your language? <laughs> proverb? Or like a saying. Oh, in my language? Yeah, if you know any. Um, wow, that's a good question. What is it? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know if it's a proverb, that like famous proverb, but uh, it's it's a it's a poem that my grandfather made, I think, or wrote. Okay. Uh, it's um, so he he used to write his own poem, and then I, my mom said that it was his. So it's it's a, it's a picture of a snail climbing up a Mount Fuji, and uh, he it says that a um, a snail finally climbs Mount Fuji. And I always felt that it's such a beautiful, you know, important poem. Even the small, tiny creature, you know, finally, it, you know, if you move forward, it can um, climb up Mount Fuji, or uh, a massive, you know, mountain. Yeah. Uh, so I always like that. And uh, yeah. So I try to live with, you know, live with that. Uh, idea in my head okay yeah that's interesting uh your <laughs> grandfather was a very creative person <laughs> yes yeah okay well do you have any it's like final thoughts on uh on anything i guess any final thoughts any uh thing you want to leave us with <laughs> well i think uh, i want to um, in, invite others to um, to share stories because everybody has different stories. Um, we are all more than the appearance, uh, the look. And um, so I hope that you'll, you'll get to meet many, 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 many others, people mm -hmm. who love to share stories and so that we can hear them and and then embrace them okay well thank you very much Shori, <laughs> for appearing on our i guess it would be this would be a, i guess the first episode of a podcast <laughs> wow um, so yeah thank you thank you very much for agreeing to come onto the show uh it's been very enjoyable to speak with you and to learn more about your experiences and i hope you have a good day Thank you. You too. For more information on the New Believers podcast 
or any of our community programs, please go to burnabynh.ca. That's burnabynh.ca. Thank you and have a good morning, evening and afternoon or wherever you may be.